What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode here on What's the Word Entertainment. Of course, as always, I'm one half of your host, Sherm. Got my boy, a partner in crime, Obed, here with me, as always. What's going on with you, man? Good to see you. Doing well, doing well. Thanks for having me, sir. Yeah, man. Glad to be here. Him, you know, showing like a villain on panel ceiling. You know, glad to be here once again. Uh, Kicking it off on another lovely, kind of dreary Sunday afternoon here in uh, Florida. I don't know how it is you over in the DMV, but is it still chilly over there? I mean, we have sun, but it's about 40 degrees. So, yes, we're still in the chilly season. Yeah, I don't want none of of that, dude. You can keep that all to yourself, (laughs) bro. Right. Don't put that evil on me, Ricky Bobby. (laughs) Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, Joining us is uh, is one of our former guests, Chris from Philadelphia. Uh, I'm assuming Philadelphia is still struggling from the Super Bowl loss, Chris, or are are they kind of recovered out there? Uh, Sure. They they never recover ever from one loss, let alone a Super Bowl one. So, yeah, it's been a... (laughs) It's it's been a rough ride here in the last few weeks in in the city of brotherly love. <laughs> okay, all right, fair enough, fair enough. Let's keep it. Let's get it going, guys. Uh, we're gonna quickly start off talking about the NCAA men's basketball tournament, which kicked off of just a few days ago. There have been crazy, crazy upsets, and I feel like everyone's bracket is pretty much done after this. Number thirteen, Furman beat number four Virginia in the first round. Number fifteen, Princeton beat number two Arizona. And the biggest shocker of all, number one, Purdue losing to number 16 seed FDU. This is only the second time, I believe, a 16 seed beat a number one seed. It happened a few years back. I think Virginia lost, oh, if, I, if I'm correct. It's just crazy how we were talking about this a little bit offline. Like the tournament's always exciting. You have these stunners, you know what I mean? And, and this is why I say we kind of compare um, like like uh, NBA basketball or even Major League Baseball and hockey and things like that, where you have a you know a six or five or you know seven game series where the majority of the team time the better team wins, but any one team can lose in any point in time. Like so, same thing in the NFL, you can always have an upset just in one time in one game. That's why it's kind of interesting to see, you know, because you can just have an off night, but majority of the time in a series, the better team no, majority of the time wins. Not always, of course, but majority of the time wins. But it's been it's been definitely been crazy with the brackets, but I feel like college basketball, even though the tournament is is always exciting, they're missing that big huge one star. I feel like it hasn't been a real big star since maybe Zion Williamson came out of Duke years back, right? Yeah, I feel like that's more so the uh, is that, you know is that because of the rules for the NBA needing players to have to go to college for at least a year uh, before they can enter into the pros, so people aren't staying in uh in college as long because they do have an opportunity to go there and so for some of these guys it's life-changing money you know uh, family right. tree changing money so I, I can't really fault them for that um right. you know a bunch of funny uh mention mentioning how well this tournament is going uh I, there's a stat somewhere i can't find it right now but it's like 70 plus percent of games in march madness has hit the under uh and you know not to say that the competition hasn't been there but usually when nobody's generally people don't want to uh gamble on the on a game hitting the under versus hitting the over especially when you're you know rooting for your team in march madness which is very you know individualistic and hyper focused on your team being successful but Mm -hmm. you know uh, i think uh i think college basketball was just kind of falling behind what basketball looks like today when you look at the nba when dudes are traveling all the time carries walks games go to 100 plus every single night mm-hmm. um like 110 plus to, even almost every night right it seems like right between teams <laughs> that have no no reason scoring that many points so you know, maybe it's just a comparison thing no i, I feel you it's definitely uh a different game but, but like i said i just feel like college basketball and i and i'll be honest i haven't been following it too too much this this season compared to of years past but they're missing that big huge star like you know i couldn't even tell you who's going to go number one overall this year compared to you like i guess like i said like a you everyone was watching Duke basketball to see Zion Williamson before, you know, back right. in the day, people were watching Marquette to see Dwayne Wade, uh, things, things like that. You know, that premier high, high profile, profile athlete. Um, but you know, it's, it's, I feel like it's, it's missing that. Like I said, the tournament is always exciting. Don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong there, but that high profile athlete, uh, I think it's uh, Chris, you want to jump in here quickly? So the the number uh, number one overall prospect is actually not even in the tournament right now. He's playing overseas. He's a seven foot four European. He's basically the uh, next Dirk Nowitzki, but yet taller, more longer, and athletic. So he's not even playing 
in the United States right now. That is the projected number one uh, prospect. So it, you're, you're right. So I, I don't mean to interject. This is your guys' segment on this. But, yes, it's interesting to see, like, how the tournament has affected. Because I actually think the tournament, we were talking about this, you know, off, off camera, um, has actually been extremely good. The competition has been great. But to your point, Sherm, where is that star? Where is that person? Well, he's actually not even <laughs> playing in this <laughs> tournament right now. <laughs> not even in college and yeah. in the U.S. right now. Yeah, it's like I said, it's it's interesting to see that though. You know, it's that's what I think college basketball. It's almost like oh, but we've talked about it's almost like boxing. We we miss that big name heavyweight in, in boxing. You know, right, you know, right. obviously, ever since Floyd Mayweather has been gone, you don't even have that premier premier boxer. But you know, Manny Pacquiao, you know, Roy Jones, things like. But but we always saw that big heavyweights back in the nineties. No big ticket, right? The Mike Tyson's, the Daniel Holyfields, the George Foreman, things like that. That and I think right. like that's what boxing is missing. That big name heavyweight. You know, you had uh, with Anthony Joshua, you had um, Tyson Fury, you know, come along, but you know, right. it's not the same as it was as it once was. And I think that's oh, what Lennox kinda... Lewis or Riddick Bow, yeah, yes, those guys out there, even challengers too. The mm-hmm. big guys were there as well, they were coming out in droves. I mean, it's just a really we talked about uh, how UFC's kind of taken that thunder away from boxing because pugilists, you know, are completely different from brawlers, right? And people like to see the blood, the guts, the glory associated with UFC, which uh, boxing doesn't really have anymore you know a lot mm. of people it, it lacks the excitement especially you know if they did boxing to the same effect that they do a ufc event you know what i mean i wonder that they just you just cannot beat the amount of promotion that ufc gets at this point and put and produces so no you're and you're not wrong about it at all i mean yeah ufc does a great job in that effect but i feel like boxing is so i guess i don't know if traditional is the word the kind of old school kind yeah. of mentality you know right, right? right is that right. is that fair to say like I, they kind I of stay say, in their know, lane yeah. and stick stick with it and let it be where right. ufc runs the gamut of promotional aspects from the you know from a standpoint promotional standpoint excuse me and that array where they're just touching all figures and having celebrities and different different unique things happening because they're adapting to the culture and the and the new age where i feel like boxing is kind of left it you know kind of what's the word i want to say i kind of they're just like i said this is just old school a little bit but and you, make, that, you make a really good point. You make a really good point because the guys who are using technology today to do what the new people are into are being successful, right? This is why we have the Logan Pauls. This is why we have the KSIs, right? These mm-hmm. influencer ask you to YouTube, uh, Instagram characters who are then trying their hand at boxing and getting to fight, you know, some big name talents, right? Some decent like, talent, uh, right, right. You know, and and not to say, and, and nothing on like uh, even Jake Paul, whatever. But Logan was doing the wrestling, but yeah, he's not terrible at all. He's not by any means. He's not like he's not he's not going out there and just embarrassing himself and can't even throw a jab. No, not at all. He's. I mean, he proud. he is also paying people to take falls, so that's they take that <laughs> with a great assault. <laughs> but like, he's actually working at it. So which which is good for him. You know what I mean? And yeah, he get, right. getting into the sports so, such at a later age. Most boxers, they start in their early teens. You know what I mean? So good right, for him right, for actually nine, going. Eight, nine, ten. <laughs> <laughs> even there, here you Seriously, go. You yeah. Know? It, it takes, because it takes a long time to get skilled at, at the sport, you know, but good for him trying to get out there and get, get his name out. But I, I digress, you know, but like I said, just going back to uh, college ball, it's like I said, we're missing that big name coming out of college, going into the NBA. You know, you don't have the guys like uh you know like a like a back day like like a Carmelo coming out and things like that even guys like a like a John Moran for example you know he was kind of a high touted pick coming out of college too you know he's been in the news lately and unfortunately it hasn't been for good things we kind of touched on it a little bit last week go bed but it was announced that he was going to get suspended a total of eight games which I think it did cover the six games that he missed previously um just for kind of his antics that he had and on social media with with the weapon and things like that you know um did you think it was a little maybe too much or too little, Chris? What you, you think? What you think of the suspension? I mean, eight games. You know, like here's the thing, guys. There, there's no script for this, right? It's kind of like the NFL. You kind of it, you're you're going off course, like whatever happens in the situation. Um, it, it's eight games to me is a little arbitrary. I think in the current society of things we are with a certain culture, I'll call it, I'll straight up say it, the woke culture we're in, persecution before trial and, you know, actually what happens. Um, funny thing, do you guys remember the basketball player, Steven Jackson? Yeah, of course. 
Yeah, recently came out and said um, verbatim, he goes, we did things that Ja Morant did and then 20 times worse in our day. <laughs> and then it never came out. So so really, I think- it wasn't social know, media back then. Yeah, exactly. So I think, you know, the eight games to me is, again, it's an arbitrary number. It's just made up to, to put a stigma, a, a, a facade almost that, you know, the NBA is doing something about a situation that's on social media. So I don't necessarily say that the eight games is too little, too much. It's more just like, okay, we understand this person is going through a situation. They're going through, obviously, like, you know, success, money, fame, whatever. Um, should they try to reel it in? Sure. Do they have the right people around them? Probably not. But, like, I, I don't understand if, like, the suspension of games really changes the facts of the situation, if that makes sense. No, it, 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 yeah, I, I get what you're trying to say. I get what you're trying to say, but um, I feel like some sort of punishment or less, you know, whatever needs to be learned from his ass. Like, hey, he needs to realize he could jeopardize what he has in front of him. You know what I mean? Um, Gilbert Arenas. Oh, that dude threw, you know what I mean? Yeah. I get it, but yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, Obed, does you think it was kind of worth it or have you, or, you know, does he, do you think he cleans up his act or you're you better kind of let his career go to waste? Because like I said, he's one or two instances away, kind of just throwing it all away. You got, you look at guys like Ryan Leaf in the NFL back in the day, kind of just throwing it away, you know, just from doing, doing stupid things. Right. Right. I mean, I, I'm still not entirely sure the, the specific legal things that John Morant did that he is getting reprimanded for. Um, I, uh, mm-hmm. I, again, think he was just, you know, on social media holding a gun while black, I think is what people are upset about, really. If it's about some kind of intervention, you know, if we want to get him some counseling so that somebody can say, hey, like you're saying, uh, German, you know, don't go down this path. Things could things could go end poorly for you. Uh, but right. realistically, I'm not. I, again, I'm still kind of hazy on what he did specifically that was bad. But you know, I mean, right? Was, I mean, if I mean, I don't know why he was beating a... up little kids. You know, he was. He's oh, been, yeah. People have said he's a he's a fake gangster. So you know, what does a fake gangster do? He waves a gun on on social media, like fake gangsters do. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, yeah. Because if it was really about that life, he wouldn't need to do that. Exactly. Right. But I mean, right. but this if guy's it was a gangster, a... his real name is Clarence. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Have you guys seen that thing on Twitter of that basically of of Eminem that but yeah. all John Morant? Yeah. It's it's amazing. It's amazing. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so you know, but oh, but I God. will say this: I do I do agree with you. Um, and I don't know about letting his career go to waste. His career hasn't really gotten underway, but it would be good for him to to have some intervention there, so that you know it's not more hanging out at nights at the strip club, mm-hmm. uh, looking like uh, you know Emmett Smith, Michael Jordan, and Michael Irvin at the club in mm-hmm. Miami back in the day. Um, yeah. Again, all guys with like successful careers, but he's got to surround himself with people who can kind of keep him on the up and up, you know what I mean? Like, like I, has, has he, I'll, can I ask you a question, Sherman? Has he reached uh, Antonio Brown levels yet? Or, or no, 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 AB's no, AB's on a level. AB had a, like actual, like actual mental issues. Like, you know what I mean? Like, actually, you know, from, from his, <laughs> something, something wrong like, with that dude. Yeah. yeah John, John yeah, Moran's yeah. just being a kid and being dumb. I mean, he's not a kid. He's a grown, he's a grown ass man. Let's be honest. But like, I mean, yeah, he's I, young and rich. You know what but, I mean? But like, yeah, but you you got to be smarter in these situations, and it's easier said than done because all three of us are not in that situation, so it's easy for us to judge on the outside. Um, but honestly, way like, to call you know, me old and poor. Wow, Chris. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're young, dumb, and full of heyo. Um, <laughs> heyo. <laughs> no, I, I get what you're trying to say, though. I mean, but I, that's one thing I will say I respect about. Chris, your favorite, LeBron James. You don't see him getting into this kind of troubles, being in this you know, on in the media, doing stupid things like that, because he you know he surrounded himself with good people. Look at his one of his best friends, Maverick Carter from high school. From one high of the school, smart, yeah. some of the smartest businessmen now, you know what I mean? And doing things the right way, making sure, yo, you're good. Okay, we're cool. You know what I mean? That's what he that's what John needs. He needs to surround himself with a team of people to make sure everything is okay. You know what I mean? If you worried about any sort of security issues that you may have, 
which I understand, you know, people, you know, especially celebrities get mobbed by fans all the time. Don't get me wrong. You know what I mean? You get, look at, um, who was it? I think it's Christian Ronaldo. He's getting death threats and things at his home and stuff like that. You know what I mean? So I get that. Surround yourself with professional security who is legally allowed to carry firearms, whatever the case may be is, and make sure you're good. You know what I mean? There's no reason for you to get caught up in that nonsense. So I get it. There, you, sometimes you are worried about that sense of security, right? It's it's a, it's a real thing when you're famous, like on that on that type of level, you know. So I, I just don't understand. It's almost like, and I and I will transition here in a second. It's, it's almost like when these celebrities get um, DUIs. It's like, dude, you have the money, hire a driver. What is wrong with you? <laughs> you know what I mean? Uber costs like seven dollars to get you home. Right. Yeah. Oh, Chris, obviously, because we have money, we get the uh, the Uber Black. So he's talking about the twenty five dollar one. <laughs> yeah, like, dude. Yeah, but I'm saying, but XL. like, yeah. is that the XO? Is that the XO? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, fancy. Well, that's about my pay grade. I don't yeah, know that far. We don't know about that life. We don't know about that life. You know what I mean? But like, it just doesn't make sense. Higher security, professional security. You can legally possess a weapon. You know what I mean? And you know, make that a business expense. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, put sorry to hurry to business. Put that on the put them on the payroll. You know what I mean? And it's just I, I don't so, get it. So what was the uh, Alabama player that just went through that horrific situation? The star player that's gonna possibly be a top two three draft pick. Um, um, is it Brandon right. Brandon Miller? I think it is. Miller. He currently has security staff paid for by the university, armed, and they were talking about that. The head coach talked about that the other day, and literally they were saying because of the messages and the things that a college player, which I wholeheartedly believe, should not have to deal with they made sure he is getting taken care of. So this is a college player who currently he's not an NIL deal. He's not getting paid. He is getting taken care of. So your job Moran making what 15, 20 million dollars a year. Pay someone to take care of it. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) It's so easy. You have the money. You literally have the money. Like if I had that kind of money. Sorry. Sorry. Breaking news. Yes, sir. Looks like Panthers are finalizing a three-year deal for former Vikings wide receiver Adam Thielen. Ooh, I would go there. What? what? Oh my goodness. Okay, this is a great segue. Oh, I'm, I'm glad you just get interrupted this. We can get into our uh, NFL discussion now. So Adam Thielen, who was released by the Minnesota less than a week or two ago, is going to the Carolina Panthers. Is that is that what you're hearing, Obed, from correct. your sources? That's correct. He, he went and did for my sources. My sources, my sources are telling me. Uh, that, <laughs> you and Jeff, uh, you guys are on the two-way. <laughs> me and Shefty, I'm I'm the OB to his Shefty. Um, I call him Shifty Shefty. Uh, yeah, no, uh, it looks like he is. He's my sources confirm that uh, Adam Thielen is going to be the uh, second act of his career. Will be starting in Court Carolina. He's going to have a little a uh, little this vinegar is, in his. Uh, I'm so sauce. mad because I wanted him to go to our next segue, and I'm very unhappy about that right now. Yeah, I mean, let's talk about it, Chris. Um, Probably the biggest story in the NFL the past few weeks has been the the saga, which is involves the Green Bay Packers and the quarterback Aaron Rodgers. He finally came out of the darkness, where I believe Obed is right now. If you guys can see him on camera, um, that he announced that he does want to intend to or want to play for the New York Jets. Obviously, they've got to work out compensation. The Packers are in no rush because they kind of hold a little bit of power there. Um, but the Jets did sign one of Aaron Rodgers' favorite weapons in Alan Lazard. Um, but now Chris, you're saying, so you wanted, if you were thinking that Adam Thielen would go to New York with, 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 with Aaron Rodgers, uh, I was hoping he'd go to Buffalo. I think I said it last week, Obed, um, to team up right. with his old teammate, Stefan Diggs. I think it'd be a great duo, you know, once again, cause you know, cause Gabe Davis is, uh, inconsistent, but, um, Rodgers to the Jets, it's looking like it's going to happen. I think the Packers have to ask for at least two first round picks um two first and maybe a third uh right i think that's i think that would be sufficient enough two first and a third for for a rod uh being that he's still under contract um packers are probably wishing they didn't sign that two-year deal last year <laughs> you know making almost 50 Man. million dollars it's kind of ridiculous right. but um obed is it is this the is this really the best place for him to go i wonder if it will take a first I don't think they're going to sweeten the pot. I believe the first was asked for after they got confirmation that uh, 
Aaron wanted to go. So we'll see if they get a first out of this. Good for them. But I can't remember that the, you know, people made the mistake of paying too many first round picks for a guy like Russell Wilson. So I could see why they would be clamoring to get at least two for, for Aaron Rodgers. But, but you take on having to deal with him, you take on his $50 million a year contract. Was this the place best for him? I mean, it's the only place for him best notwithstanding he should have went to Denver when they brought in his, uh, his OC, his coach who he on the, on, excuse me, Aaron Rodgers mentioned on the Pat McAfee show was one of the coaches who believed in him the most. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's, uh, gosh, I thought he would have wanted to go to Denver and be a weirdo there, but, uh, (laughs) he wants to be under this, the scrutiny of New York lights. Listen, this is the only person who's willing to do business with him right now. This is too close to the draft. Uh, if but there are any open positions, now I that they've moved on. Now that the Packers know he wants this and they know how badly the Jets want him, I feel like they can almost hold Rodgers hostage in a way. Like, all right, you only want to give us one one first round pick? Yeah, we go. We'll wait till you're ready. Don't want to really deal, right? I mean, Kristen, because it's like they can. I feel like the Packers have the power, but I get, I get it. But then they're on the hook for his salary, so it's like it's kind of you know, both sided. But I feel like the pack, the Green, Green Bay Packers have a little bit more leverage in that way. Um, what do you think they give up uh, for as far as compensation? But um, how well do you think the Jets can actually be? How far can they go if they do acquire Aaron Rodgers? So first and foremost, I'm going to say the best place for him would have been my Steelers. No, uh, ready-made defense, <laughs> top five coach in the league. Don't even get me started on that. But um, no, I mean, with, with the assets that are getting in place right now, uh, assigning, you know, like Lazard, I think he's trying to go after Cobb. I was hoping they would get Thielen. I think OBJ is still in the mix. Um, the Jets are not, I'm not going to say they're ready to go made Super Bowl team, but they're going to be a contender. They're probably going to compete with your Bills for the AFC East. So mm-hmm. they're going to be right there at the end. Um, with with and with old Bets Patriots too, I think you know. Uh, I'm we'll sorry, you, you still have Mac Jones, so so you, you have to mm, keep sleeping. Keep sleeping. The Patriots <laughs> are probably on the come up. Compared no, to I, I, now, in all honesty, though, the Jets they're, they're they're with Aaron Rodgers now. Like that that is a top three to four team in the AFC. Like they could go, you know, and any given Sunday could win this game, that game in the playoffs, and get to the Super Bowl. So I disagree. Aaron Rodgers, this side of Patrick Mahomes is the most talented quarterback we've ever seen play the position. Tom Brady's the GOAT. We know that. But Aaron Rodgers is the best we've ever seen. All right, arm talent-wise, yeah. I mean, Yeah, even in my opinion, even over my opinion, even over Patrick Mahomes, just because we haven't seen Mahomes completely do his whole career. But so we'll see. I think the Jets, with that defense too, I mean, they got a stout, stout defense, boys. Like, mm-hmm. come on. Like, I mean, that, that's a solid team right there. <laughs> it is. They're on the come up for sure. Do I think they get to their Super Bowl immediately? No. Do I think yeah. they make the playoffs? Yes. Can they maybe win one game and, you know, make play in the wild card, get to the divisional round and lose it? Yeah, I think it's possible. I think it's possible. You guys are, you guys really surprised me. I mean, what, what else, what always seems to happen is all these flowering comments about Aaron Rodgers and he has been terrible for morale. He has phased people out of the passing game if he doesn't like throwing to them. Um, You know, you see him join the Jets after giving them a laundry list of players to bring in that he has asked for, including Alan Lazard, somebody we don't really think is a solid number two. He wants to have Brandon, uh, uh, excuse me, um, what is his name? Uh, he wanted Robert Tanya. Uh, he didn't get it. He wanted Randall Cobb. Randall Cobb may make a move out there. We don't know. Mm-hmm. And all this when we know they have Garrett Wilson. We know they have Elijah Moore. We know they have Corey Davis. Why are you telling them to bring in Alan Lazard? You should have the weapons you need there. What if he comes in not... and we know that Garrett Wilson is great? He just doesn't like throwing to Garrett Wilson. Mm-hmm. I think Garrett Wilson is a stud. I'm not sold on Elijah Moore and or Corey Davis, to be honest with you, Abed. Based on based on what though? I, I, what quarterback I guess so. well, has, I got, had to? Fair right? enough. Fair enough. The quarterbacks have been trash in New York. They haven't right, had you right. know a solid one in years. Okay, I'll give you that. But and, I know. But have, I think Garrett have, Wilson's yeah. a stud. You know, even though he they had a bad, he's had a bad quarterback. You know, he's just a, he came, was coming off a rookie season. I think he's going to be a, a a great weapon for Aaron Rodgers if if he does go there. They're trying to like I think Chris mentioned it before. OBJ is on the list that Aaron gave to the Jets. I don't know if they can afford OBJ as far as cap space. That's the thing. Gosh, is he going to be healthy? 
Is he going to stay healthy? Like, what are we bringing in OBJ Listen, for? A 75% OBJ is better than 95% of the league. So I will take that all day, <laughs> every I disagree. day. I disagree. Uh, I mean, though, he's, oh. he was off. Remember, he hasn't played in the Super Bowl since last year. So he's had an entire year. But this will be a year and a half off when, once the season starts. Um, I think he'll be okay. Like, again, I don't know his, you know, yeah. medical you know, you know, position at the time, yeah. at the current moment. So I can't say that, but just having a time off, it looks like he'll be okay. He kind of does light workouts in mini camps and training camps and things like that. I think he, it seems to me like he'll be, has enough time to heal, but, um, with the defense, the defense is solid. You got to admit it. Right. The defense is solid. Carl, Carl, uh, I can see you. I can see you. Yeah. They I had seven more than wins 11, last 11. year with nothing at quarterback, you know? Right. And you give them Aaron Rodgers, four more wins is a definite possibility. Um, right. Maybe even five more. 11 and six, 12 and five. I don't think that's unfathomable. Right, Chris? They'll have to earn them. Yeah. You know, the AFC East, for everything that people have said about the AFC East, they're going to, if the Jets are going to get all those wins, they're going to have to earn it. I think uh, they might, they could end up just splitting down the line because if Tua comes back healthy Miami you know is a, is a competitor they played against the Bills in the in the postseason this past year so clearly mm-hmm. the Bills are going to have minerals uh again if we're talking about a guy in Bill O'Brien who won a national championship with Mac Jones at the same school that he got a chance to work with him at all they need to do is come in here and run a feasible sensible offense and I think you're going to see a competitive Patriots team uh, that understand you're going to have to play and score points in a division with the two fastest men in the world in Miami, uh, a monster giant who plays in Buffalo, uh, and the potential of Aaron Rodgers. I think I think you're going to see a light show in the AFC East, and people are counting out the Patriots on that one. But we'll I'll see call it right now. Jets, Jets win the AFC East. I'm calling it right now with Aaron Rodgers. Wow, absolutely. All right, not a question. We'll see how that goes. Um, a lot of other quarterback right. news going down. Jimmy Garoppolo left the 49ers, went over to the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, Baker Mayfield even coming from L.A. to Tampa Bay. Yep. Um, Sam Donald, the former Carolina Panther, went there, goes to San Francisco. A lot of cool QBs on the move here, guys. Um, out of out of these three things, uh, Jimmy G, Baker, Sam Darnold, Obed, kind of give me your quickly your take on what was the kind of the best fit out of these, you know, and then which one of them can have really the most success. I think the best fit is probably Jimmy G to the Raiders reunites him with uh, uh, Jeff McDuff, excuse me. Joshua Daniels is former, yeah. former OC. Uh, also uh, a player that he might have played with in Jacoby Myers. Um, or excuse me, uh, pardon me, Jacoby Myers is going into this system. So they'll have an opportunity to have one flexibility for players who already know the system that Josh McGowney wants to run a number one wide receiver that he can play with. You know, Jimmy G's strength isn't the downfield passes, but Jimmy G will be able to uh, litter that six yards to 11 yards away from the line of scrimmage, you know, middle of the field very well with a strong arm. Um, you know, the, the stuff that made uh George Kittle, very famous, right? Debo Samuel, <laughs> screen passes, uh, excuse me, crossing patterns. Um, you know, I think it's a, I think it's a good fit. Baker Mayfield, let's remember, is going to go compete with Kyle Trask, uh, rookie quarterback from last year that they drafted uh, for the number one spot. Did he get starter money? Yes. Could he lose? Probably not. But we'll see how long that leash is because um, he is. I don't find him to be starter talent in the league. Uh, San Francisco having Sam Darnold, they might have to carry four quarterbacks into the season just to make sure they have enough guys ready to play. Uh, with the way they they've been uh, having terrible run of injury luck for mm. the Niners, but I don't think oh, we yeah. see Sam Darnold. All. He's just insurance, right? I don't think if they if we see Sam Darnold play, that means it's like DefCon three, right? Um, so yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick Jimmy G on that one. Yeah, and as far as San Francisco, I think I still think it's it, I think it's gonna be it might be Brock Purdy getting the start for them. It's it's gonna be Purdy and Lance kind of competing out in training camp, and it looks like. Purdy, it might be leaning towards that direction, giving they seen what he can actually do on the field and have success, given what train lights only played, what, a game and a half this past year. Um, But yeah, you know, and as far as Baker going to Tampa Bay, kind of taking the place of Tom Brady, as Chris mentioned before, the GOAT, and down there, it's like, uh, I'm wondering if he could ever live up to being the number one overall pick as he once was and going into Cleveland. Um, 
I don't know. Man. I don't think you I need know. to ask that question. I, I think it's very evident that he's not well, going to be. I don't even I mean, think you need to bring up Tom Brady about there's no passing of the torch. Tom Brady retired is an open job and yeah. nobody's going to be able to fit in to I mean, the, what that player brought, you know? I mean, yeah. that's Baker's fourth team in less than two years. Like, like, let's be honest here, boys. I mean, it, it sucks for him. I think, I think Baker's actually being given kind of the, the raw end of the deal in a lot of situations he's put himself in that in, in a lot of respects but at the same time he hasn't um what he actually got through with a you know an offensive minded coach you know with, with you know in LA we saw what he did there at the end of the year he actually looked like a really good quarterback and now it's you know obviously that Stafford's job he comes back from injury it's you know he's the starter so now he goes to Tampa Bay so we'll see what happens I mean now we'll see what happens with the new coaching regime there in Tampa Bay um, out of all these ones, I'm most intrigued, though, by the San Francisco situation because you lose your staple in Jimmy G, who took you to, you know, NFC Championship games. Trey Lance, who you drafted very high, who you're, like you said, Obed, he, he's only started, what, was it a, a game and a half last year? Who, who actually knows what he does? Brock Purdy, who looked like, you know, the next Tom Brady in regards to Mr. What, what's this, Mr. Irrelevant? Mr. Irrelevant, the, yeah. Mr. Irrelevant term. But then he shatters his what was his elbow. Um, mm. He's like a Tommy John type surgery situation. Yeah, which um, I don't know when we'll see him if it's Tommy yeah. John. We're not gonna so see we him don't know. Yeah, I, he's not even probably gonna play next year. Yeah, exactly. So so Trey Lance is gonna be your starter because of where he was drafted. So Darnold will be your backup, and Purdy will be your absolute worst scenario. So I feel bad for him. So that's the most intriguing of those three scenarios. Um, but I think with Vegas and Jimmy Garoppolo, he's Mister Consistency, man. Just like Obed said, with Josh McDaniels reuniting with him, um, I, I think he's going to be good. I mean, I, do I think he's going to be substantially better than Derek Carr as a talent? No. Um, so we'll see actually what happens at the end of the day. But, I mean, it's going to be a very interesting year with the, all these quarterback changes, guys. Yeah, for sure. And even in, in you know, Donald leaving Carolina, Carolina's making moves as Obed broke the news a little bit ago that Adam Thielen's going to go over there. They even picked up former Eagles running back Miles Sanders, which I'm wondering why he would leave an NFC championship team in Philadelphia and going over to Carolina, who's just been atrocious. I get it. It's maybe a money thing, but why, if you're all about winning, playing the game, you know what I mean? You should think, all right, where's a better chance to win? But even though now Carolina, they moved up to the number one pick. So like, okay, they're thinking, all right, we may get a young QB who may stick around, you know, for the next four, four to five, even six, six or seven years, whatever the case may be is on uh, to have a, you know, have a great career there. All right. So now you got Miles Sanders, you got your running back, you got Adam Thielen now, um, you know, what can the Panthers really do? Um, the Eagles replaced Miles Sanders with Rashad Penny. They even got a backup uh, QB in Marcus Mariota. I'm wondering if he'll ever be a starter again. I was just thinking that as a little bit a while ago, a little while ago, but um Touch on your touch on the on the on the Carolina for a second, Chris. And then I'll go over to you, Obed, with the Eagles. What do you think, Chris, that the Panthers can really do here with Al with Sanders now with Thielen and with the number one overall pick? Would is you do you kind of see the Panthers kind of moving upwards at all? Too much instability with that team right now. I, I mean, nice pickups. I'm not going to lie from a skill position standpoint, but I mean, when you have a rebuilding team and a rebuilding year. You usually don't do that from skill positions, especially outside positions like running back and receiver. Usually it's from the interior. So number one overall pick, I mean, what do we think? They probably got to get alignment. Like they probably do something crazy, like defensive tackle, defensive line. Um, I mean, they're, they're – I mean, what do you guys think? Like do you guys really think that like anything's going to happen with the Carolina Panthers that's going to be substantially different from what they were last year, adding a couple skill players? No, I mean, I know they also picked up Andy Dalton, so he's kind of that veteran QB in the locker room there. Even if they're – obviously, they're going to draft the QB at number one, whether it be Bryce Young or or other or otherwise. Um, you know, even if he's not ready, you can throw in Andy Dalton because as, as he's a veteran, he has the experience. But, um, I mean, to me – I don't really see them doing much, even if you even adding Miles Sanders and Adam Thielen, which I just, like I said, I'm just kind of kind of shocked by the news by either of them going there, you know, to say the least, Obed. Uh, but as, as you, you know, as you, as you kind of broke the news with Thielen, but I'm kind of surprised by the moves. I mean, hey, if they want to sign these veteran guys, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But uh, I don't think they're really going to do much out of it. And, uh, and on the other side, Miles Sanders yeah. leaving Philadelphia, Obed, too. It's kind of like weird. Like, why would you kind of leave that, leave that, you know, 
and you know that winning culture there which you have and you have a young star in Jalen Hurts there as well too right um I think there's been a huge misconception on what Miles Sanders is I think he's a running back one two kind of a happy guy I don't think he is your grinder you know he can play the role of your lead back but I don't think he's a real lead back uh, on a team that's manned by Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts is the running back one on the Philadelphia Eagles. And <laughs> from the True. things that, one, how he brought in Kenneth Gainwell, they really like what Gainwell gives to them as a pass catcher. Boston Scott has the running ability to do the things that Miles Sanders isn't doing with more burst, more twitchiness. Um, you say, why wouldn't Miles Sanders go back to the Eagles? Because they probably offered him ton less money knowing that they have Gainwell, Boston Scott, and that they could have brought in Rashad Penny on what is one of the team friendliest deals this year. I think it's only 600,000 guaranteed, you know, and Rashad, Rashad Penny's injured fine. You don't need him. Boston Scott can do that work. Um, my, and listen, these guys are going to Carolina because it's a project where they're willing to pay guys to try to bring in a young quarterback and do some things. The NFC South is going to have some really easy games this year. Watch out for them. Have any easy schedules. Uh, but yeah, I don't think Miles Sanders had many options. He's just never hit the scene for the Eagles the way they needed him to. He was always crowded in a running back by committee. It's going to continue to be a running back by committee with Jalen Hurts probably leading them in rushing touchdowns again next year. Mm. Um, he just wasn't needed. I think that's actually a, a very good, a very good outlook on the only Eagles current team. Yeah, you're. You know, I wouldn't say it's too far gone to expect Jalen Hurts to even lead the team in rushing again. You know, um, yeah, I mean. Sanders, like I said, going to Carolina, I think it's a move where, you know, he felt he can get he can get paid and looking to that fact that, you know, now they've, like I said before, they've got that number one pick, you know, they're expecting to have a young QB for quite some time. So we'll see what happens there. Um, in other news, Chicago, who gave up that number one pick, um, they signed former Bills linebacker Tremaine Edmonds. I was not happy about, um, but the Bills didn't resign Matt Milano. I know we talked about Obed that Matt Milano might be on the way out, but they did resign him. I think Jordan Poirier may be staying as well too, which is good news for the Buffalo. But um, I'm wondering if Chicago should be focusing more on offense to help support Justin Fields because he pretty much did it all himself last year, right, Obed? Yeah, I mean, you know, I think that they are doing some things to bring in some offense. You know, they did make the midseason trade to bring in Chase Claypool. They have Darnell Mooney coming back from injury. They have Cole Komet out there who is maybe just a guy, um, but can make some plays for you and other guys or when it's clearly they don't have a lot of offense pieces. Um, they've just brought in DJ Moore with the trade that they got for the buttload of picks to move out of the number one spot. Um, but they're in the nine, right? They've got three picks in the first uh, four days. Uh, excuse me. They've got four picks in the first three rounds and then uh, five more on day three. So, mm -hmm. you know, when you've got uh, that many picks, they have 10 picks, they have 10 picks next year. So if they want to bring in offensive guys, they can't. Excuse me. They might bring in tight end because this is a very tight end heavy draft. Really, a lot of uh, mm. a lot of what is the term? Um, uh, offensive minded tight ends, big guys who can make moves. There's one guy coming out of uh, North uh, Notre Dame that they call Baby Gronk, like some big massive dude. Uh, mm. I'm, I'm, slasher named Michael Meyer, Michael May, whatever. Um, but yeah, <laughs> so I think they could they could do if they do decide to build around him, they have the picks to do it. Um, at least they've been smart. Who's the name of that GM? Brian Poles, I think is his name. Mm. The GM from uh, Chicago. Chicago. I think he's finally doing something. Some Chicago fans will have uh, something to be proud about at the end of when the season starts. Yeah, and I think they definitely need to go offensive line as well too in the draft right. um, to help support and protect Justin Fields because you know you can't have him running all day, all day long. You know what I mean? At some point, he's got to be able to have time to stay in the pocket and deliver the, deliver the ball to one of his uh, receivers out there. Um, the problem Matt Ryan has had the majority of his time in Indianapolis not having protection so that he can fire off on the ball. There you go. Perfect example. Perfect segue. They'll bet. Yeah. Now they're, it's, it's been reported that the culture going to release the veteran QB and Matt Ryan, who was the former, who was a former MVP, you know, won an NFC championship, took his you know team to a Super Bowl a couple of years back. Um, I'm wondering, Chris, does, if you think Ryan actually just may retire or because if he, if he wants to continue to play, where would he actually end up? Who was looking for a guy who, you know, who's looking, who's, one of the team is also looking for another QB and looking for a veteran in late and, and, and aged Matt Ryan as well, too. So the Colts, they've just signed Gardner Minshew. I don't know if he's going to be the starter next season or not, but I'm wondering what, what happens next with, with Matt Ryan's career. 
So um, I actually don't know. I don't think he retires. Um, and to your point about him going to a Super Bowl a few years back, uh, Sherm, I was with you on that Super Bowl where they went to the Super Bowl and blew a 28-3 to lead halftime. <laughs> and, and your friend there in Maryland was not a happy camper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Shout out to Gabe. Yeah. One of the greatest <laughs> Super Bowls I've ever that seen. Was, that was one of the greatest things I've ever seen in my entire life. Um, but anyways, and you guys, I think I'm playing a homer here, but – I actually think a great, great landing spot for Matt Ryan will be with my Steelers because you have a young rookie now in his second year, Kenny Pickens, who needs like some support, someone a veteran, someone to like teach him the ropes. So George Kenny George Pickens, Pickens. George Pickens. George Pickens. Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett. It's Kenny Pickett. 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 No, I think talking about the receiver. I'm talking. I'm sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, Kenny Pickens. No, he he's you know he needs that guy that's going to be like you know the words of wisdom. I've been there, kid. What have you? Tomlin is a great coach. I think him and Matt Ryan would get along tremendously. And then, you know, God forbid something does happen to Pickens, Matt Ryan can step in easily into that system where it's more of a run-heavy offense, rely on the defense, slow the momentum down. You don't need to be a hero. You don't need to go out and throw for 350 yards, three touchdowns to win the game. I actually think the Steelers will be a great landing spot for Matt Ryan at his, you know, last year, two years when he, like, segues out of the league. That's actually a not. That's actually, that's actually not a bad idea, Chris. I'll even have to admit, I didn't like your take on saying go Aaron Rodgers to the Steelers just because you you just want you just want everything. <laughs> you know what I mean? But uh, I, I don't actually disagree. I don't actually dislike that uh, Matt Ryan going to Pittsburgh because you're not really sold on Pickett just yet. Like, okay, Matt Ryan can come in win a couple games and kind of show him the ropes a little bit, you know, how to play professional ball here. Like I said, Matt Ryan was at, was, was, a, is a former MVP, you know? So that's actually not a bad look, uh, Chris, you know, of him going to Pittsburgh, you know, but there is a chance I, you know, if no one, if he doesn't have any suitors really, he could, cause I don't think he wants to be a backup like from, from, for an entire year. So he could end up retiring, but we'll see how that turns out. Um, other quarterback news, Jameis Winston resigned with the New Orleans Saints. Now he's expected to be a backup once again in, in New Orleans because Derek, as we know, Derek Carr is going to be over there. Obed, do you think at any point in 2023 that Winston replaces Carr as a starter for some reason? If Carr still begins to struggle, if he's you know just not you know working well with the offense, do you think the Saints turn the ball over turn to turn it over to Jameis Winston? I don't think so because there's just too much money on the line. Um, and, you know, Jared Stidham, uh, was available in Las Vegas and he never unseated Derek Carr, right? The, uh, even though Jared Stidham was a holdover from the Patriots that Josh McDaniels brought in, he had somebody he would trust with the ball if things went awry. I think Derek Carr is, I think the, the, one of the issues we have today is not understanding the landscape of the quarterback position, right? Back in our day, we had multiple tiers, right? We had Peyton Manning and Tom Brady up there, Drew Brees poking into that group every now and again. Um, you know, we had Aaron Rodgers there, Jay Cutler was there, Philip Rivers was there, Matt Stafford was there, right? It was always God. You had Josh McCowan not uh, coming out of the classroom where he was being a substitute teacher to come throw 11 touchdowns to Mike Evans in his rookie season. You know, they, they now today, we're going to have a tier of guys who are the older statesmen who are just going to be a solid player at the position and they should not fear being pulled, which would then allow them to play better. There was a point in uh, uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick's career where it was like, okay, he's going to come out here. He's going to light it up and then things are going to fall off the rails and they're going to pull him out of the game, mm-hmm. no matter what team he was on. And then one point, I think it was when he was with the jets or he was with uh, Houston and he was throwing to uh DeAndre Hopkins, very young DeAndre Hopkins. They were just like, leave him the F in there. Who cares if he goes huck it and chuck it, right? Uh, No, it was when he came off the bench behind Jameis Winston playing for uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And they were just like, Fitz magic. He's going to blow it up for 500 yards. He might have three picks. He'll probably have five touchdowns, but just allow him the privilege to go out there and do this job, right or wrong, fail at it, whatever. And you see who he becomes. That's where Derek Carr is now. You you cannot, we cannot be talking about when does he get pulled? No, he's there. They paid him 30 plus million dollars a year. He's there for two years. He's the guy. He's just going to play. Whatever we get from him is what we get from him. But he got, he just got paid by his coach who drafted him. Uh, I think that job is his to do whatever he needs to do in it, and they'll no, make sure I, they work with him on it. 
Yeah, I think so. I, that's that's a very good point, Obey. Yeah, they paid him enough money to say, all right, you're the you're the man here too. Um, can he be successful in New Orleans? You know, I think they resigned Michael Thomas. You know, Alvin Kamara. We're not sure what's going to happen with him, but I think he should be able to make some noise there in New Orleans. Um, one of the guys who kind of left Carr's former team in the Las Vegas Raiders is Darren Waller. He got traded to the Giants. I was really shocked by this move. I thought that. This would have been great, obviously, for him to stay there for Jimmy G, nonetheless, to be thrown to Devontae Adams and Darren Waller. Um, but the Giants, they, you know, they're trying to help out Daniel Jones and give him some more weapons. You know, they also signed Paris Campbell. They re-signed Darius Slayton. But I'm wondering, Chris, why would the Raiders want to give up one of their top weapons? And Darren Waller is a top tight end in this league. You know, he's not far off from... Travis Kelsey and, and George Kittle, and he's not the, he's not those top two or top three, but he's 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 up there. He's top five for sure. You know, I'm wondering why would they want to give up on him? But you know, I think the Giants are just trying to really gonna go and help out Daniel Jones, right? So I think for cap space reasons, uh, Sherm uh, with Waller, um, I actually think they're in the OBJ running. Um, uh, the Raiders I'm talking about. So I, I think they want to leave up that cap space available so they can give Jimmy G a true, like, number one to throw to. So I think that's why. I mean, Waller has been a phenomenal. Timeout, uh, timeout, timeout. You said Jimmy wait, G. Give him, a number, give him a number one yeah. or give him a Jimmy one, G number has Devontae Adams. Who are you talking about? He has Devontae about? Adams, yeah. Yeah. So I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. Uh, but a, a true um, – you're right. I'm sorry. Apologies. M- misspoke. Another like another top tier receiver, number one receiver oh, was okay, okay. like another like guy. another okay. no, like okay. so yeah obviously you have Devontae Adams. I'm just saying, but like another top tier. It's like Waller though. I think was ranked when he came out of the draft. Uh, they were talking that he was not even like a top three tight end. He was a top three receiver ever in his draft class. So like now that you have another person of that caliber that can catch as many you know sixty five to eighty catches a year. 800 to 1200 yards like that is what they're trying to do with Raiders because Raiders are all about the show right baby it's Las Vegas we got we have a show out here so we have Devon Adams on one side OBJ on another I think I don't know obviously I don't have the Obed insider Adam Shefty texting me uh line right now <laughs> but like I think that is what they were doing with that move it was more of a salary cap issue if they wanted to get OBJ that would be lethal if they can land OBJ um, and then pair him up with Devontae on the other side. Oh, my God. Jimmy G would have a field day. I think Jimmy G is don't, definitely throwing for 4,500 yards just plus. just my gut thoughts. Honestly, and, when I saw and, that, that was just my thoughts. I don't know if it's going to happen, but uh, we'll see. There, you know, But I was pretty surprised that the Raiders – Gave away Darren Waller though, just 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 in general. I mean, he's been to one of their top weapons and were you know reliable guys there for sure. But I think this kind of helps out Daniel Jones, right? Obed and you know they resigned him. Obviously, we talked about it last week to that new deal, um, even though they franchised uh, Saquon. But now you have another weapon there. I still, you, I feel like you still don't have a legit number one wide receiver, or do you think they do, Obed? Well, I mean, the system right now, obviously, we know works well. You as being a uh, Bills fan would understand that the system that Brian Dable runs, Dable can work without having a number one wide receiver in it, but does flourish when you get a guy like Stephon Diggs, which they could absolutely get in the draft. I don't know their draft order. I don't know where they're sitting at picks wise, but there's enough talent coming in between the Jalen Hyatts, right? Between uh, even though Jackson Smith and Jigba is a highly touted wide receiver, he's not going in the first five, 10 picks. I don't think, Um, you know, there's, those guys are going to be there in the draft. Uh, Jordan Addison, right? Hell, they could probably bring in a guy like Darnell Washington even though they already have uh, one tight end that they just drafted or in Daniel Bellinger and one they just traded for in Darren Waller. Um, so, yeah, there's a number of ways they can go with this. They brought, got Isaiah Hodges off of the uh, waiver wire. Um, you know, I think they've been able to bring back, like you said, Darius Slayton at a team-friendly deal. So they've got guys to make plays, um, and you have a quarterback in Daniel Jones that you trust to make the plays. But I, I assume they're going to bring in a player bring in a rookie and have somebody that they can mold into that, into that X position for them. Yeah. I think the giants are at uh, around 25. I think they're drafting. And then this, in the first round, um, they could, if you bring in a receiver, you can get the guy at TCU or um, Addison out of USC. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure. 
if the you know um what's the and Jigba is there from Ohio State he's still around but you know we'll see what happens but the Giants I do like your your thought on how Brian Dable kind of works that system yeah for sure Obed I like I said I definitely agree with you there um and that he had a successful year with, you know, with Daniel, with Daniel Jones in, in his first year there. So yeah, it definitely for sure worked out. Um, in other news though, Chris, Dallas said they're they're releasing Ezekiel Elliott. You know, this is a guy who was it three, four years ago, you know, got this big money deal. He held out for so long at a training camp. He wanted to get paid. They gave him his money, and I feel like he wasn't the same player ever since. He kind of digressed. Now, get it. It's a running back. They get beat up all the time. He's had a plethora of injuries. But, man, uh, it kind of went downhill fast, in, in my opinion. They're going to rely on Tony Pollard, you know, who did break his leg in the playoffs. So he's got to recover from that injury. Um, they also picked up Stephon Gilmore, which I think is a nice pick with their defense, pairing him on the other side with of, of, um, of Trayvon Diggs. But I'm wondering if – Zeke can be a premier, the elite running back number one for for another team, and if so, like where where does he end up? Do you think? I mean, what 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 defines a, a, an RB one in, in today's NFL, guys? I mean, Zeke led the league two of the last six years in rushing uh, yards um, and touchdowns, and then like you said, Sherman just falls off a cliff. I mean, can we remember back to what was it? Not even five, six years ago, we were seeing Le'Veon Bell was the the the, the bee's knees, the cat's meow. Like, you know, it was like everything and all there is, like the guy's changing the way the NFL and the running back is handled, the way he shifts and does these Wait, things. Uh, and then Let me just interject. Did you just say the bee's knees and cat's meow? I mean, yes, I, I, I did. Listen, I'm older. What? Did, I, when did you when did you turn 50 i'm sorry i, I didn't know 50, that that's like 75. <laughs> Dog, tell us about the 1920s world fair you were at when nikolai tesla had the uh you know unplugged in power tell us about the cold war chris <laughs> i was there um <laughs> no again sorry sorry no again. but seriously but like Le'Veon bell like great example right greatest and you know greatest running back in the league for three four years fantasy top one and boom fell off a cliff so i mean like as an RB1 anymore, I guess is my question. So, like, you can do that, and it's why, like, if I was a parent of a child and they were playing in, uh, you know, a football game, I would probably not ever tell them to be a running back because their shelf life is so short. But to your point, Sherman, like, where does he end up next season? Gosh, honestly, I think just because of the Buccaneers, they're kind of re revamping some stuff. Leonard Fournette just got released. I actually think that would be a really good landing spot for, for, for Zeke. He would be the RB1 there, and they have, um, depending on what they do with their system this year, it could be a little bit different. I think he could have another solid, like what he did this year, 800 yards, you know, 8 to 10 touchdowns, you know, 30, 40 touches out of the backfield receiving, another three, three 400 yards uh, receiving. Um, but it's just so different, guys. The days of an Emmett Smith, you know, like 10, 12, 13 years of being the guy, the premier back, running a thousand 12 year it's just a different league now boys yeah it's a passing league but i'll bet i'll bet did you want to jump in yeah yeah i was gonna say i mean those that's it definitely it's a passing league now there's gonna be those, those guys right the Bijan robinsons are gonna be there the uh the rashawn uh, i can't remember his last name but the guy who played behind Bijan, uh you know jameer gibbs these guys are gonna come in and be a force because they're gonna be able to catch the ball as well as run but yeah i mean most of these teams are running back by committee now so you know and to take the wear and tear that these guys go through for the fact that they play more games now player defensive players are bigger now games are longer now uh you know you're gonna need a few of them that you run through so yeah i totally get that and to your point chris about Zeke possibly going to Tampa Bay. Yeah, that, that's a possibility. As you said, Leonard Fournette got released. And now, remember, he can go from Texas to Florida, which is also another state with no with no state income tax as well, about too. About money, baby. You know, that saves, him, that saves him dollars right there, going from Texas to Florida. So it's the same thing. You know, no state income tax in either of those states. So, yeah, that might be something he's he can he would consider and think he would think about as well, too. Um, you know, they picked up recently, they just, the Cowboys picked up wide uh, receiver Brandon Cooks, as I mentioned before, they, they did sign, uh, Stefan Gilmore. Does either move really make the team a better Obed? Um, 
obviously the Cowboys were a top rated defense as we know last season. Um, but I'm wondering, you know, should they be adding more on the offensive side of the ball to kind of keep up with the rest of the league? Well, I mean, listen, uh, what were they missing last year, right? Somebody behind Dalton Schultz, right? They were able to bring in T.Y. Hilton. He was making plays for them because they were hurting for another pair of hands that, that uh, Zeke, excuse me, that Dak could trust. Um, so, you know, losing Tony Pollard in that NFC game against the uh, Niners, you know, was a huge blow to them, I believe. I think they were going to really let him loose and show us what they're going to look like for the next few years. Um, uh, I think... If Michael Gallup, two years removed from, I mean, he just had another surgery this offseason, I believe, you know, I don't know if he'll ever be back to what he was before uh, the leg injuries. Um, but, you know, again, another draft where they could pick up uh, some offensive players, you know, they've still got um, Hendershot, you know, they have Jake Ferguson, I think as well, the tight end. Uh, so they have some other guys they can lean on. Um, and I just, you know, it. I think it was a really solid move. And they might still be in the running for OBJ, uh, but I think it was a solid move bringing in a guy like Brandon Cooks. He's a 1,300-yard, 10-touchdown wide receiver, professional wide receiver in the NFL. He'll come out here and give you a good, good run. Um, yeah, I, we'll see. I, I, mean, have, oh, I think now yeah. with, the, with the Brandon Cooks signing, it seems like they're out of the running for OBJ is what's being reported. Um, I think it's more just a cap, cap space wise, you know, um, could they still sign him? I know Micah Parsons was, was, was out there recruiting him. You know what I mean? Um, you know, I, I, I think that would Dak love to have OBJ on the other side of C lamp? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Um, you know, would it be a good look, you know, you talked about the tight end position, you know, Schultz is no longer there, you know, is, is Jake Ferguson going to be that guy to kind of, you know, the next kind of step, you know, in, in uh, Cowboys tight end greats, you know, coming back, you know, going dating back to uh, who was it before? Uh, was it uh, Jason, Jason Witten before that, you know? Right, right. You know, as we like I said, and then defensively, the Cowboys, the Cowboys have a solid defense. You know, Demar- Demarcus Lawrence, Clayton, uh, Layton, Layton Van Der Esch, where they resign, Micah Parsons, Stephon Gilmore, and now uh, you know, and, and of course Trayvon Diggs. But yeah, um, it's just interesting that you know we talked about Zeke, you know, wondering where he goes. But I think there's one other piece I think the Cowboys need. So we'll see what happens there. Um, last up, I wanted to talk before we head out of here was Obed's Patriots. Now they made a couple moves, which I was pretty surprised about. You guys, I'll let you guys jump in here in a second. Picking up wide receiver Juju Smith Schuster and tight end Mike Gesicki. Um, Smith Schuster coming from the championship winning Kansas City Chiefs, Gesicki coming over from Miami. I think I was more surprised by the Juju signing than the Gesicki signing. Um, I'm wondering. Juju's like, all right, you know, it's got to be a money thing that, you know, the Chiefs weren't going to give him what they wanted he wanted or what have you, but you leave this Super Bowl winning championship team and patch and you leave a, your MVP, Patrick Mahomes, who's probably, you know, is the premier guy. I think we've said it over Obed before, nothing, no sliding against your boy, Matt Jones, but Patrick Mahomes is the standard right now. You, I think you would even agree with me on that. Absolutely. You're right. And so wondering why he would leave that to go over to a, this kind of, young younger you know up and coming kind of team you know like not saying that you know, the patriots aren't gonna be you know like a five-win team you know can they win 10 games yeah they could probably win 10 games can they make a playoff spot now probably but um you know is i just thought i was a bit surprised by that the mike Gesicki signing sure it helps out. i think they thought that hunter henry will kind of do more for them so i think that's why they mm-hmm. kind of wanted another guy there i think you would probably right. maybe agree on that um so you know, I think they still got Hunter Henry, but I think they were waiting or well, expecting him to produce more. Um, you know, Devontae Parker, I feel like is pretty is inconsistent. You know, they're still kind of you know waiting on him to come around and be a that top top receiver. Um, you know, is Juju going to be that guy for Matt Jones? Obed, but do you no, know? I think he's there to be a possession guy. Tyquan Thornton, I think they appreciate uh, being a stretch field guy, but. He's they really liked him in training camp last year. I think they're going to try to expand the uh, the play calling book for him. And we'll see how Bill O'Brien wants to move these guys around. Um, Mike Kosicki, again, guys, what did I say? They're going to go get familiarity. Mike Kosicki is from where? Penn State. Who do you think he who do you think he played underneath? O'Brien. Okay, guys, come on. He's going to make it. They are going to be a sensible offense. It's going to make they're going to look competent right so you know i'm i have no faith i have no concerns that they're going to take it there's no after what we saw last year as of a debacle the only way up 
the only way for them to go is up from here. Um, and I think they're going to do that on the backs of solid quarterback play that they're going to get from Mac Jones when you can give him direction. When he was with Josh McDaniels, we saw that there's a chance this kid could be something. He just needed to take a step forward from there. It's hard to take a step forward when you go from a guy in uh, Josh McDaniels, we know how to coordinate an offense, to two guys who have never coordinated anything that actually is worthwhile. You know, so, um, yeah, I mean, they're surprising moves. Uh, I don't think Juju Smith-Schuster is anything more than a, a set of hands that's just going to need to be in a spot, catch the ball. You know, we're not looking at him to move the chains. We'll run some other plays. Again, Hunter Henry's there. Maybe he loses some of the – I think Hunter Henry probably takes a step back because if you have Gasicki there, you bring in Gasicki as per Bill O'Brien's request in order to throw the ball to him just like he did when he was at Penn State, right? So, you know, Hunter Henry, maybe he'll get a couple plays there, but I think Hunter Henry's now in the John U role where you need to come in and block, be solid. That's going to be how you contribute to the team. Um, mm. Chris, did you yeah. want to jump in there? Yeah, this is the most Patriots move ever. Uh, getting guys on the cheap um, who are actually really, really sneakingly good at what they do, uh, but are very underrated. And again, Obed, this is to your Patriots, like, like, this is what they do. Um, Juju Smith-Schuster, we forget, as of, what was it, three seasons ago, was the number one receiver for my Steelers. Had a couple, you know, a year or two bad, not even bad years, but, you know, subpar. Went to Kansas City, won a Super Bowl. Uh, Gasecki was the number one tight end for the Dolphins. So they are not what you would call maybe um, – game changers in regards to like an OBJ or a Travis Kelsey in their respective positions. But what they do are they are explosive players. They're not going to separate necessarily well, but they have great hands. And the Patriots have made their livelihood, their Super Bowls off of receivers and tight ends with great hands, making great catches in the exact great times. So these are Stereotypical, in my opinion, Patriot moves. So I think these are phenomenal picks for the for the Patriots. Like these are phenomenal pickups for them because they're not. Again, this isn't an OBJ or Travis Kelsey coming to your team, but these are guys that are going to make catches when needs to be made, plays that need to be made at the time, and move the chains. And this is what's going to help them get back to that form of what we call the Patriot way. So Obed, I actually think these are phenomenal moves for your team. I appreciate that. Uh, I, you're, you made a great point about guys being where they need to be. Another guy that they signed, James Robinson. You don't need him to be yes. flashy. You don't need him to do anything extra, but he'll do exactly what you ask him to do. Do you think the Patriots can contend for the AFC East next season, uh, Obed? Or, or Chris, if you could feel the jump in either one of you. Go ahead, Obed. God, I'm going to say hell no. I mean, you know, maybe we catch some guys sleeping. We have, for where we ended in the, the well, I think we we were third. I think we did we end above. Yes, yeah, yes, yeah. I think we ended third. So, so ending third, we're probably not going to be on a terrible schedule, right? That might be to our benefit. That's what one of the things that gave uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars a leg up. They played on a fourth place schedule with a competent head coach now. So, if we can play on a third place schedule with a competent OC, maybe we could do something. Um, but I, uh, I don't think we can compete. It's just too much firepower, and I have to give deference to the uh, Jets because they're bringing in Aaron uh, Rodgers, right? So, oh, the three other teams in our division were going should. Uh, hypothetically have competent quarterback play they have way better wide receiver talent than than the patriots do uh they have good offensive lines much like the patriots do uh but i think that they are just more set up to compete offensively than the patriots are until we see what they put out there so yeah no, i don't think they'll so no i i agree with you but i actually think the afc east is going to be the nfc east of this year like i think that there's going to be three teams out of the AFCs that actually make it. I think the Bills make it. I think the Jets make it because of Aaron Rodgers only, and if he's healthy. And then I actually think the Patriots make it. So I mm -hmm. honestly, yeah, honestly, I think the AFC East is the NFC East of this year because I think that division is so stout. Like, and even with the Dolphins, like the Dolphins aren't going to be a pushover, but I think they're only going to win seven or eight games. So I think the Patriots win nine, maybe 10. Uh, Jets win 11, Bills win 11 and 12. There's going to be a tiebreaker somewhere in there. And I think all three teams make the playoffs this year. 
any possibility of all four teams making? I think the Dolphins will win more games than you think, Chris. I, I, even the Bills, though. I think the Bills win. I think the Bills can go thirteen and four. Um, I can see the Jets winning eleven games. I can see the Dolphins winning eleven or twelve games as well, too. Um, any chance, even you think all four teams? Remember, seven teams in the playoffs now compared to six, what it once was. Any chance all four AFC East teams can make the playoffs? It's almost mathematically impossible for four teams out of one division to make it. And the thing is, listen, I think Tua is a talent. I'm not sold on him, though. And it's nothing even against him as a person. I just – I'm not sold on him. And I I actually don't think the team around him is sold on him. So I think there's a lot of intangibles in that situation. So, like, no, I I just don't think all four teams – I mean, that would would be history. That's never happened. Right, Right, of course. Yeah. Oh, Ben, any any chance, you think, all four? I mean, you know, again, I think that that's one thing for this. I didn't think Patriots would be one of them. I kind of give deference to Tua and the Dolphins if Tua okay. comes out and plays the entire season. You know, again, they still have the fastest men out there. Uh, it is so hard for teams to play in Miami. We talked about, uh, you know, the difference in, you know, when you play on their side of the, uh, excuse me, when you uh, play as the away team there. I mean, they had uh stefan diggs cramping up because he was just so exhausted from sitting in the sun all day long so mm-hmm. you know um god the, the patriots could absolutely sneak a bunch of teams because they're going to play good defense and as long as you play good defense which is that's one thing people don't give credit to the afc east for usually got some good defenses there the jets might not be able to do anything on offense but they always have great defenders uh the dolphins usually known for their defenses is probably the most offensive uh bills team we've seen in a long time for some of the teams that they've had mm-hmm. um and, you know, Miami usually hits pretty hard, uh, finds their way offensively. And they're they're uh, hitting all cylinders right now. Yeah, I know. Four, it would be interesting to see. But, you know, I could see them being able to compete. Um, but I just, three, I could, there's a, I'd say 75%, three, man, maybe 30, 40%, they get all four. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah. Chris said it's, it's highly unlikely that would happen, but you never know. We'll see what it is there. Uh, but folks, that is going to do it for us this week here on What's the Word Entertainment. Appreciate you joining in once again. Um, Chris, as our uh, professional sports fan here and returning guest, any last words before we head out? Oh, no. I uh, just uh, hope everyone made it through uh, St. Patty's Day weekend um, alive, alive and well. <laughs> alive. <Yeah. laughs> alive and well. And, and, and come, on, come on the other end better than they were when they went in. Uh, <laughs> But uh, appreciate you guys having me. Uh, look forward to the next time. Yep. Oh, oh, Betty, any last words for the people? Uh, absolute pleasure having Chris again. Thanks for coming out, man. Uh, for the for the rest of the people, listen, it's not too late to do your taxes, but it's probably prime <laughs> time for you to get an extension. You file an extension, gives you more time to work on it. Listen, I, I'm not going to fault you if you forgot to tell them about your crypto. Okay. Just, just to, to, don't ask, don't tell. Don't ask, don't tell. <laughs> facts, facts. And make sure you get them tax credits wherever you can. You know, a lot of people are buying EV, EV um, uh, vehicles now, electric vehicles, you know, getting them tax credits. Don't forget about those as well, too, for sure. But uh, yeah, you know, we're almost at the end again, end of March now, getting into April soon. The weather's starting to come around a little bit, uh, hopefully getting a little bit better. But yeah, we have to make sure people are getting out there, getting busy, you know, and uh, getting outside and doing some things. But yeah. Appreciate you joining in. And once again, everyone, don't forget to check us out on Twitter at the WWENT. For our guest, Chris, for my partner and co-host, Obed, I'm your boy, Sherm. We will catch you guys next time. Peace. Peace.